0: We want to continue with a series on 10 questions to diagnose your spiritual health 10 questions to diagnose your spiritual health i believe that this teaching is so very much important to us as a church today the focus on the church is gradually digressing And I always pray to God and ask Him that He should bring me to a place where I don't preach philosophies to the people of God. But to preach the Word of God. Hallelujah. Now, if you read the book of Luke chapter 12 the verse 21 actually from the verse 16 you know, the Bible speaks of a certain rich man that was very prosperous and achieved some great things at the end of the day this man began to boast and said within himself that this will i do from the verse 17 he says he says i will put down my bands from the verse 18. i'll put down my bands and build greater there, there will i bestow all my fruits and my goods and i will say to my soul so Thou hast much goods laid out for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Thou fool. Look at that. It will shock us to know that what we esteem greatly on this earth are things that God disesteems as He views us from above. The things that men count as greatness, as influence, as pleasure. As good things are the very things that are very opposite or detestable to God now look what God says about this rich man who everybody is celebrating he says God says now fool this night thy soul shall be required of thee then whose shall those things which thou hast provided now the verse 21 is where the meat is now look he says so is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich towards god this scripture always echoes in my spirit man that there is physical wealth and there is spiritual wealth the wealth that is of value to god is spiritual wealth he says so is he that laid up treasure for himself and is not rich towards god What riches have you built in your walk with God? Ask someone, are you rich with God? Tell the person beside you, God doesn't care about your car. Say that again, God doesn't care about your car. That is if you have one. turn to the next person, God doesn't care about your house he doesn't care about your iPhone 14 he doesn't care about how good your clothes are looking He's he cares about your riches towards him listen, why are we emphasizing on this thing? because the spiritual health of a man is true value. If I want to know your spiritual net worth, it is in your wealth towards God. I am telling you. And that's what we've been looking at in the 10 questions to diagnose your spiritual health. If I were you, I will list all the 10 questions, type them boldly and paste them in my room. You will need this message today. After 30 years, you will still need it. I'm telling you, paste it in your room. Anytime you enter your room, look at it. Check the 10 questions. If you're able to answer those questions, you don't need to go to heaven to know how spiritual you were when you were on earth you don't need to go to heaven to know how mature you were when you were on earth no 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 no. those questions as you answer them you know your state before you enter eternity so we began to look at the first question and what was the first question to diagnose your spiritual health are you more hungry and thirsty for god that is the first what's the second question to diagnose your spiritual health are you governed increasingly by the word of God now these are things that heaven adores please note that these questions when truly answered in the life of a man are the things that God truly adores in other words when we put you in the scale of heaven and we are to weigh you to test your spiritual weight before God it is by these things I'm asking these questions you are answering in fact heaven will be full of surprises there are some bush shops you know bush <laughs> <laughs> Who who amount to nothing in eternity meanwhile on earth everybody was celebrating them everybody was healing them in heaven there will be nothing There are some ordinary cleaners in church who will enter into heaven, they will sit on thrones. Number one, are you more hungry and thirsty for God? Check your life now. How well do you yearn for Him? When you have not prayed for a day, what feeling do you have? It's all part of the hunger parts. Are you governed increasingly by the word of God? How do you respond to people? How do you act? How are your decisions made? Are they founded on the word of God increasingly or you just you just live your life and you do what you feel like doing? What's the third question? Today's That's today's message. Thank you. Are you ready? Are you more loving? beautiful i love this one this is too good thank you holy spirit are you more loving now if you if you answer this question rightly see answering this question goes beyond yes or no your life is the answer check your life now if you if you check your life you will know the answer Praise the Lord, so I can test your spiritual health by the wealth of your love for others. So you can put it down: we can test your spiritual health by the wealth of your love for others. How healthy you are is determined by how wealthy you are in love. How healthy a Christian will be is determined by how wealthy he will be in his love content. If you're a believer who knows how to love, you are a growing healthy believer. Now we need to understand three sequence of love to be able to come to this place where we we love. In the sequence of love, the first is called God's love for us. The first sequence of love is what we call God's love for us. Everybody needs to know God's love for him. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have eternal, eternal life. So God's love for us is the first sequence of love. Praise God. Romans 5 to verse 8 The Bible tells us God demonstrated his love towards us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You were not good before Jesus died. You were not perfect before Jesus died. You didn't do what is right before Jesus died. While you were yet sinners, Christ died. Praise God. In 1 John chapter 4 the verse 9 and 10. The bible says in this was manifested the love of god towards us so if you want to know the manifestation of god's love the bible says it is in because that god sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him now look at the next verse you know he says hearing is love you want to know love hearing is love not that we love god so it's not first of all the love that you have for God it's first of all God's love for you so he says not that you loved him but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation the atoning victim for our sins that is love so what Jesus did for us is what we call love if Jesus made us righteous it is love If Jesus gave us access to God's presence, it is love. If Jesus made us redeemed, it is love. If Jesus made us holy, it is love. If Jesus made us clean, it is love. If Jesus sanctified us, it is love. If Jesus made our body his temple, it is love. If Jesus made us to sit together with him in the heavenly places, it is love. So everything that Jesus Christ did is how God demonstrated his love for us. And that's the first sequence of love everybody must believe and know it the second sequence of love is your love for God or what we call loving God please don't betray this process you must first of all know God's love for you that's the first sequence second sequence is loving God the goal of God's love for you is to end up making you love him The greatest human responsibility is believing jesus the greatest christian responsibility is loving god maybe you can put that down the greatest human responsibility is believing jesus that means the only the greatest responsibility any human being can do is to believe jesus and secondly the greatest christian responsibility that means when you become born again Without you being born again, your greatest responsibility is what? Believing in Jesus. After you get born again and become a Christian, your greatest responsibility is what? Loving God. And what is the crux of loving God? It's obeying God. If you want to be guided in the process, how you can be able to fall in love with God, it starts with obeying God. John chapter 14 and verse 15 Jesus said if you love me keep my commandments so the second, second sequence of love is what loving God so the proof of loving God is obedience the third sequence of love is loving others loving others And that's where the message is centered on loving others praise god now look at john chapter 13 the verse 34 and 35 give that to me in nlt so this scripture is going to teach us that the clearest mark of christianity is love It's the true mark of a christian If I want to see that this person is a Christian, it is love. Look now, he says, So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. That is the commandment you are given. Now is love is not just a nature, it's also a command. He says, Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. How did Jesus love us? While we were yet sinners, Christ died, laid down his life. So, how do we love like Jesus? While the people who have done things against us have not even repented, we love them and give our lives to them. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. Are you noticing that He didn't say miracles? Will prove to people that. We are disciples of Jesus? He didn't say miracles, he didn't say donating to the poor, he didn't say making donations in the hospital. I mean, strangely, the church has done all these things except what I just mentioned. We donate to people in the hospital, crusades, all of us saving souls. That's very good, miracles happening. We put testimonies of great wonders that God is doing. But surprisingly God is saying that we will prove our love to the world. We will prove that we are Christians or disciples of Jesus when we love. Hallelujah. Now look at the importance that God places upon His word. Upon love. John chapter 15 verse 12. If you read throughout the whole Bible you realize that God places so much importance on love let's look at some few scriptures that proves that. He says, this is my commandment. That you want. Now, now, let's read that together. One, two, everybody, let's go. Commandment. Uh Uh-huh. Commandment. Now, John chapter 15, verse 17. Now, look at that john 15 17 now let's read together one to go these things i command you that you love one another look at the emphasis come to first john chapter 4 the verse 10 and 11. first john 4 10 and 11 10 and 11 now look, he says, herein is love not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins, now look at the next verse he says, beloved, if God so loved us we ought also to love one another look at the emphasis God is placing, the importance God is placing on love, now look at the next, now Romans chapter 12 the verse 2, the verse 10, sorry Romans 12 10, now watch that Romans 12.10 12, 12.10 12, He says, Be kindly affectioned one to another with what brotherly love in honor preferring one another. Look at Romans chapter 13 verse 8. He says, Oh no man anything but to what? Love. That means he's saying your debt to another believer is your love you owe believers your love everywhere you go you owe a believer you owe me you owe me and I owe you we owe each other love can you walk with such a mentality tell the person beside you you owe me and I owe you so every single time you meet another believer you pay your debt Tell somebody pay the debt. You owe me love. When are you paying? Is it a good message? Now look at First Corinthians 16 14. First Corinthians 16 14. Now look, he says, let all let all your things be done with what? Charity. Now give that to me in NLT to make it more understandable. Anytime you're reading your Bible, you see charity, this love he says and do everything with love everything means everything how you relate with your lecturer how you relate with people under you how do you relate with people above you how you relate with your siblings how you relate with all kinds of relationship he says do everything with what love hmm. Now, look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2. Look at so much emphasis on the importance of love. He says, and walk in what? Love. As Christ also has loved us, and has what? Giving himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling supper. Now, God demonstrated his love that Jesus died. And the bible calls calls the death of jesus christ a sweet smelling offering so jesus jesus's death was an aroma to god which was the demonstration of god's love meaning every act of love is an aroma to god you guys don't know this In the Old Testament, there were two main sacrifices that were supposed to be done. The morning sacrifice and the evening sacrifice. And if love is a sacrifice, that means from morning to evening, we are to love. Because that's how we offer New Testament sacrifices to God. I owe you love. I will sacrifice my love. I will pour out my love. I will give out my love as an offering. So listen. If you are loving somebody, don't love the person for that person. Love the person for God. Love the person as an offering. If you learn to do this, it will help you. Learn to love people as an offering. You are doing it because of God. You are greeting that person who is not greeting you back because of God. It's an offering I'm giving to God. The priest didn't say today, I'm feeling tired. people are making a sacrifice to they have offended me so i don't don't, don't do that sacrifice The priest didn't say that they offered morning sacrifice and evening sacrifice and if love is a sacrifice we are to give god love as an offering by loving others i'm teaching very good here now look at first thessalonians chapter 4 verse 9 1 Thessalonians 4 9 now it says but as touching brotherly love you did not you do not need that I write unto you for you yourself are taught of God to love one another that means anybody that engages a deep walk with God is someone who be taught love by God when I found this scripture it amazed me that means that technically you don't need a Bible to love he says, you yourselves are taught of God to love one another. Meaning, uh, when you engage in an abiding nuptial uh, in, in a relationship with God, the end result is that you'll be taught to love. The Holy Ghost will teach you how to love. Praise God. You yourselves are taught. Powerful scripture. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24. Now watch, watch, watch that Hebrews 10 24. He says, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love, to provoke unto love, and what to good works. Ah, if you read the New Testament carefully, you realize that there are two provocations. The first provocation is in Galatians chapter 5, the verse 26. Now, watch that. Galatians 5:26. He says, Let us not be desirous of vainglory, doing things to, to be honored, to be acknowledged, to be given fans. He says, Don't do it. He says, provoking one another, envying one another. So we can provoke one another wrongly. Now look at that, the, the, the other one. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. He says, Let us consider one another. To do what? provoke unto love so we can provoke unto envy provoke unto all kinds of things but the bible is saying we should provoke unto love be provoked to love people don't provoke don't be provoked to retaliate let love provoke you and to do good works amazing colossians 3 the verse 12 to 14 I wish you had passion translation you would have enjoyed this service more he says put on so see spiritual virtues mm, are spiritual clothing. every godly character is a dress it's a spiritual dress and it can be discerned it can be seen Look, he says, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved. Bowels of mercies. Be merciful to people. There's a difference between mercy and grace. Mercy is not having what you deserve. That means you are supposed to be punished. deserve it but i said no by my mercy i won't do it again that's mercy. grace is actually having what you don't deserve are you getting what i'm saying so he's saying we should put on bowels of mercies that he says kindness see kindness is a designer because he says we should put it on it's a dress Look he says humbleness of mind meekness long suffering he says forbearing one another I didn't know that to forbear with people now maybe you don't know forbear give that to me in the NLT for, for them to understand he says make allowance for each other's fault look he says and forgive anyone who offends you remember the Lord forgave you so you must forgive others. Listen, as long as you are in this world, eh, people will offend you every single time. People will offend you. But the Bible is saying we should make allowance. If there's a prayer, you have to pray. You pray the Lord, help me to make allowance for the wrongs of people. It's a very powerful thing, I'm telling you. If there's anybody here who has never been offended before, lift up your hands. You have never been offended before. Lift up your hands and come and take the microphone. Because you are holier than all of us here. There's nobody here. But the Bible says we should make allowance. So everybody will be offended but how do you handle offense? Remember the Lord forgive you. Now, look at the next verse. He says, above all these things, put on what? Give that to me in NLT. Oh my goodness, above all these virtues. He says, above all, clothe yourself with what? Love. Which what? Binds us all together in perfect harmony. My goodness. So, the question is, what is love? What is love? The, the Bible tells us what love is. Technical team, you guys should get passing translation. Because the people of God are missing too much. First Corinthians 13 is going to help us. Now, I'm going to read from the verse um, 4 to 5 and then 7 to 8. Now, I'm reading in the the passion translation. Now look at how it articulates this reality. He says, Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle, consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflates its own importance. love does not traffic in shame and disrespect nor selfishly seek its own honor love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense love is a safe place of shelter for it never stops believing the best for others love never takes failure in defeat failure as defeat for it never gives up love Never stops loving. It extends beyond the gifts of prophecy, which eventually fades away. Is more enduring than tongues, which will one day fall silent. Love remains long after words of knowledge are forgotten. Interesting. Keep that to me again in NLT. Let's read from the verse four. So. When I'm talking of love, forget about me defining love. This is love. If you are doing this, you are walking in love. So, don't wait for a definition. The Greek word for love is agape. and Agape means undefeatable benevolence, unconquerable goodwill. You know, yeah, then you write it down. After writing that definition, if you are not doing this, that definition was useless. It says love is what? Patient. Love is what? Kind. So, if the, the third question to diagnose the spiritual health of a man is, are you more loving? Meaning, we are saying, are you more what? Patient. Are you more what? Kind. Are you more what? Not jealous or boastful or proud. If you find a man who is more loving, that man is no longer proud. Or boastful check people who boast look at the next verse he says love is not rude I've seen rude Christians I'm telling you rude Christians they're just not nice you know that type of Christianity you don't like people you don't like human beings someone touches your dress you're angry Said demonic lifestyle. Don't tell me it's your temperament. There's no temperament like that in Christ. It says, Love is not rude. Learn to be nice to people. People you don't know, be nice to them. And this even has benefits. Have you ever entered a house and you saw four people having a conversation in front of the house and you pass by without greeting them? And the person you are going to look for is not there. They don't have lorry fare. your phone is not with you you can't reach the person what are you going to do are you going to come back there you know when it happens that way those people are just watching they are still talking but they are watching you with another eye like this they are waiting come that's what they are saying in their head come you will feel something it's good to be nice That man you may pass by, maybe the man that may give you employment, but he's wearing shorts and t-shirt. And you underestimated him. There are people who don't greet security men. You see security men, you pass by them. It's a very evil virtue because you only greet people who seem prominent. The people whose perfume, it can smell 200 centimeters away. Two miles away, you feel the the, the the perfume announces the person before it comes. Then he says, "Yeah, yeah, behold the man of God. Behold the anointed." So you're only nice to people who look nice. There are some of you when you see people who don't look nice, facially, clothingly, every outward expression, you don't you are not nice to them. What Christianity is that? I saw a picture of Rehan Bonki one time who hugged a man who was, le- who was who had leprosy all over his body. He hacked him. Yet, he didn't have leprosy. Hey! I saw the picture. If you see the body of the man, ah, when I saw that picture, I something happened to my soul. He hacked him. love is not rude please be nice to people someone made a mistake and stepped on your toe someone made a mistake and stepped on your white shoe how do you treat the person oh my goodness someone made a mistake and scratched your car what are you going to do he said see, you see whether the person was the cause or not, the Bible is saying love is not rude. Hmm. Am I teaching good at all? Look, he says it does not demand its own way. Do you know that sometimes you may have a better way, but because of love we sacrifice it? Hey, You may have a way but he says love does not demand that if it is not done my way I will not contribute to that thing because it was not done my way there are some husbands if their wife don't do things by their way that's the end there are some wives they say He says love does not demand its own way Listen, if you truly love and love, you will sacrifice too much. You sacrifice. He says it is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. Record of being wronged. Hey, the book of offense 2022. How many offenses have we recorded so far? Am I helping someone now you know you you need you, you can put this down as we as we get ready to close. Offerings are useless without love. Now, if you give your offering, the local church will take it. But the real person who takes it is God. And woe unto you if God has not been taking your offerings for the past 20 years of your life. in the book of matthew chapter 5 the verse 23 and 24 the bible says if you have a problem with another brother and you have an offering the bible says keep your offering to yourself go and make up and come and put your offering down that tells us that offerings without love is unacceptable before god there's some see oh gone are those days gone are those days Today we can send offerings through Momo. More, more everything, so you know you have offense, just send offering. Abi, mean, I came to check. They said they want offering. Let me give it to them. Look at the quality of Christianity now. It has faded. We have so many fake Christians with nice shoes, nice makeups, nice heels. said if you have an offering you have a problem with a brother go and make up before you give your offering bro there are times he go to that brother say hey bro i want to pay offering you have offended me let's settle this thing now before i give offering can we can we see that happen again it's not happening second point you can put down a believer still lives in darkness if he does not love and this will shock you 1st John chapter, chapter 2 1st John chapter 2 now this is very scary 1st John chapter 2 the verse 9 to 11 look he says he that saith he is in the light and hated his brother is in darkness even unto now Hey. He that says is in the light, that means I'm a Christian because every Christian is in the light. So if you are saying you are in the light and you hate your brother, he says you are in darkness even to now. Amazing. Now look at the next verse. He says he that loveth his brother abideth in light and there is no, non occasion of what? Stumbling him. That tells us that it is difficult for a loving believer to backslide there is no occasion of stumbling in him. It will be hard for a believer who loves genuinely to backslide or lose his faith. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light. Now look at the next verse. He says, but he that hated his brother is in what? Darkness. And walketh in what? You are in darkness, you walk in darkness and knoweth not whether he goeth because that darkness has what blinded his eyes that means you are blinded when you refuse to walk in love and this simply means that it will be hard for a believer to grow who does not walk in love your spiritual growth will be be problematic look at the believer who's always carrying offense he can never have revelation from the word of god you will always be reading letter and the letter kill it You will never you will never receive illumination there are sometimes we have to let things go because we want illumination god cannot fill a heart that is filled with no love he can't give you revelation he can't feed you no not possible look at the next point he a believer who hates is a murderer Version 315. 315 Version. He says, Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. Look at that. This is not saying that a Christian who develops hatred will not go to heaven. He's saying that a Christian who does not love is as though he does not have eternal life, it's as though he is not born again. There's no difference between you and an unbeliever. That's what the Bible is saying. Next point. True love is sacrificial in its nature. 1 John 3.16 That means if you are walking in love, you will have to sacrifice. Look. He says we know what real love is because Jesus because Jesus gave up his life for us so we also ought to do what give up our lives for our brothers and sisters so he's saying just as Jesus laid down his life as a sacrifice we are also to lay down our lives as sacrifice unto the brethren meaning every single day love is going to take something from you Sacrifice is anything you give up because of something that is more valuable. We lay down our lives. Is it getting there? True love gives. Next point. First John three sixteen. True love gives. There are spaces in front here get get them in front here there are spaces here Fill all these spaces here hallelujah is it working now look look he says we know what real love is no um, come to the verse uh, 17 so, 1 John three seventeen. True love gives. He says, if someone has enough money to live and to live well, and sees a brother or sister in need, but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Huh. <laughs> Do you understand this thing? This thing you are just reading here. True love will take your money. I remember one time, I had to empty my pocket for someone. And my phone was on one bar. And the one bar, I've used half from that bar. So meaning, from here to Danzuman, that was where I was before. Anything can happen. I knelt down and prayed and said, "Lord, you know I sacrificed my fool. Please take me home." Praise God. And I started driving, in tongues. The car took me home. The moment I got home, the fool finished. If you walk in love, you see the you will see God's hand. You will see the supernatural betting. I'm telling you. True love gives he says if you have this worst goose and you see a brother in need and you shut your bowels of compassion how do I let the love of God in you we can't be selfish anymore I can tell you all my survival is as a result of giving I'm not talking of give I'm not yet talking about giving it shall be given to you Give because I love Give because I'm expecting nothing return That's the giving I'm talking about We give Listen You want to see the supernatural life Sacrifice for people Have you ever given your lunch to somebody Or your supper to somebody And you went sleeping without food You don't know this thing I'm not saying go and go and sacrifice your supper this night and then go and sleep and trust God, you see. That's not the real life you're talking about here. Praise God. But true love, what? It gives. And look at the verse 18. True love is not in words or in tongue, but it's in deeds. You know we find Christians who say, oh, I love, I love. It's not in words. Look, he says, dear children, let us not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Hmm. True love is indeed. Now, First John chapter 3 from verse 19 to 24. This is a very important bring, uh, uh, point. Unanswered prayer is rooted in not loving others. i sure there some of you who have been believing God for some things to happen, yeah? <laughs> there are some of the things that will happen when you start walking in love. I'm sorry, but it's true. There was a woman who had a goiter that went for a program where um, Reverend Eastwood was preaching. She called out for those who are sick. They prayed for all of them. Everybody got healed except her. And the man of God was disappointed. He said, what, what's happening? And God said, that woman is carrying bitterness for many years and it can't live here if that bitterness is released she'll be released and the man of God said hey someone offended you you have kept it for so many years in your heart the law says you can't be released until you release the person and the woman started weeping and openly released this person offended there immediately she released the person the goiter was released listen there are so many things that will release when you release people tell somebody release people there are some see some of you you have put people in breeze in your heart they are being jailed, sentenced to 24 years ah. I will never ah. so they are in prison we have put them in prison, locked them, thrown the keys away, ah. in our hearts and those people are crying I want to be free He say shut up and they are in our hearts and we are carrying them everywhere we go let there be a prison break today ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hallelujah. Let there be a prison break. Release those people. Let them go. Let the captives go free. And it starts by saying, Lord, the pain may still be there, but say, Lord, I release this person. It comes, just speak it by words that the person will come out from prison. Someone says, Man of God, instead of releasing them, I'll bail them. <laughs> I'll give them bail so they have to report to the police station every. no that's not going are come out release them now let's read this he says our actions will show that we belong to the truth so we'll be confident when we stand before God next verse he says even if we feel guilty God is greater than our feelings and he knows everything next verse he says dear friends if we don't feel guilty we can come to God with bold confidence next verse he says, and we'll receive from him whatever we ask because we want. We will receive from him whatever we ask because we obey him and do the things that please him. Now give that to me in KJV. So I, I go, I, I I I get it from there. KJV. Look, he says, whatsoever we ask, which is prayer, we receive of him because we keep his commands. Now, you know, I'm sure you've read in Matthew 6, which says, Ask, it shall be given seek and you shall find knock it shall be open that was one aspect of the game it's not everybody that asks that receives if you read the bible again the bible says whatsoever you ask we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight if you walk with a friend and you please that friend there are things you don't ask him he gives to you and there are things you ask him he gives to you are you getting this thing? That's why some wives know that strategy. If they want something for the man, they, they give the man what the man needs. If you're not married, this is according language. Then after that thing has come, the woman says, you promised me you're going to buy me a car. Then the man is confused. He says, ah, 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 ah. I shouldn't have done that. It's a trap. So you can use pleasing God to trap God. Are you catching this thing at all because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing inside now look at the next verse he's now what does he mean to keep his commandment the next verse tells us and this is his commandment that we should believe on the name of jesus christ that means that there is unanswered prayer for the man that does not believed jesus jesus answers the prayers of those who belong to him are you following this thing now look he says what's the second command and to what love one another as he gave us commandment now come back to the verse 22 and let's put that equation there love one another he says whatsoever we ask we receive of him because we what love one another and do those things that are pleasing the sight when you love you have open heavens i'm telling you i'm teaching you secrets that will bless your soul forever Is someone catching something? Good. This is a very important point. Look, a subjective assurance of salvation is revealed in loving others. A subjective assurance of salvation is revealed in what? Loving others. Now if I ask you today, are you saved? You say yes. How do you know you are saved? You say, okay, yeah, because I believe Jesus Christ. Yes, that's true, man. Yeah, because I have the Holy Ghost in me yeah, that's true man but there's something people have missed can I share with you there are three very important assurance of salvation three main witnesses that assures us that we are saved this is a very important thing I'm teaching you three witnesses that assures us that we are saved that means if you know these three things that means you are truly saved the first witness is the promise and the work of jesus christ it's our first assurance how we know that we are saved is that jesus promised and he did it first john chapter 5 the verse 13 the bible tells us something important there look he says these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the son of god that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So Jesus has assured us and by his work we believe and know we are saved. How do I know I am saved? I know I am saved because the Bible says if I have believed on Jesus Christ, I am saved. So that's my assurance. That's what gives me assurance. John ten twenty eight. He says and I will give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Look at the next verse. He says, My father which gave them is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. Look at the next verse. He says, I and my father are one. Meaning God's word through the voice of Jesus said he will give me eternal life and after I receive eternal life, I will never perish. That's my assurance. Am I helping you at all? John 5 24 he says he that has believed has passed from death to life he that heared my word and believed on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come unto condemnation but has passed from death to life that's my assurance because Jesus says if I believe if I believe I will not come to condemnation so that's my assurance I base my assurance on God's word promised by Jesus by his finished work the second witness of assurance of salvation is the Holy Spirit Romans chapter 8 verse 16 the parable says the spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God so there's an inner witness which comes by the Holy Ghost they are there you just says, like no you are, you are a believer you, you can't explain you know that you know that you know that you know that you are a believer it's by the Holy Ghost he's the one doing that he's the witness Hebrews chapter 10 verse 15 Hebrews ten fifteen. Let's get this thing fast. You're too slow for my liking. He says, "Wherefore the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us, for after that He has said before." Look at the next verse. He says, "This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days," said the Lord, "I will put my loss in your hearts, blah 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 blah." So the Holy Ghost is a witness of the assurance of our salvation. The Holy Ghost that we have in us. Now look at the next verse. In um, thank you, Holy Spirit. First John chapter four, verse thirteen. First John four thirteen. Look at the next witness he says hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit how do we know that we are in Christ and Christ is in us because he has given us the Holy Ghost so the Holy Ghost is the second witness of the assurance that we are saved I have the Holy Ghost not by feeling but by knowledge now look at the third assurance that you are born again the third assurance is the fruit of new life the fruit of new new life that means the fruit you produce as a Christian what comes out of your life is also a subjective assurance of salvation meaning if you are a believer who does not live right according to the counsel of God's word you will soon feel you are not saved so many people base everything on the finished work of Calvary on the word of God on the Holy Ghost but are forgetting that there, there is a subjective assurance of salvation that comes by your cooperation through obedience of God's word. Now look, look, look at this verse. First um, John chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Look, he says we are of God. He that know what God hears us. He that is not of God, heareth not. Hereby we know, hereby Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Look at the next verse. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. So he's saying, any believer who loves proves that he's born of God. Meaning, if you are a believer who loves, know that you are saved. That's how you can love. So if you want to know that you are saved, check your love life. So the first assurance is to check what Christ has done. The second assurance is to check the spirit in you. The third assurance is to check what? The love flowing out of you. Is it clear? 1 John chapter 3 verse 14. We know we have passed from death to life because what? we love the brethren how do I know that I'm no longer in the kingdom of darkness how do I know I'm no longer abiding in spiritual death how do I know that I'm born again cross from death to life because I love if you are loving people it means you are saved am I helping you First John 4 the verse 12 and 16 12 and 16 no man has seen God at any time if we love one another God dwelleth in us if we love one another God dwelleth in us and his love is perfected in us if we love people it means God lives in us and if God lives in us it means we are saved so this is the subjective approach to assurance of salvation when you love people it's a sign that you are saved am I teaching good here? good next point the test of true knowledge and maturity is love if I want to know that you know if I want to know that you are matured I see it in love 1 John 4 20 and 20 sorry 1 John 2 3 and 4 1 John 2 3 and 4 look hereby we know that we know him if we keep, if we keep his commandments next verse he that says that know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him uh uh-uh. uh now, if you are very smart by our teaching, you know that keeping His commandments is what? Love. Come to the verse 3 again. Hereby, we do know that we know Him, if we what? So, if you, you will know that you know Him when you love. How do I know that I know Him? How do I know that I know Jesus? So, there are people who are experts. They are skilled in knowledge. They can rattle scriptures. You can do true and poor. There is knowledge that comes not by experience but by studies. That's all talk, I'm, talk, I'm talking about. There are people who can explain everything about the finished work of Jesus Christ but they don't have love. So the word is in their head, their brains. The word is not in their heart. Don't be that believer, I'm telling you. First John 4, 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another For love is of God And everyone that loveth him Is born of him and what? Knows God Everyone that loves knows God Listen I wish I can teach you about Three or four kinds of knowledge Do you know there is knowledge beyond book? There is a knowledge that can only come by practice You can only know that when you start practicing it And the Bible is telling us, if we love, that means we know God. Next point. The proof of loving God is loving his children. 1 John 4, 20 and 21. The proof of loving God is loving his children. How can you say love God? They don't love God's sons and daughters. What's wrong with you? He says, if a man says, I love God. Obi Kase or Don and hated his brother. Now, so what time in you He says he's a liar or your trophy. Obi Kase or Don Yankupon. Now, so time in you or your trophy. Come on, Obi Kase or your. Let's sing it together. Oh yeah, oh true for Let's Go B Casse. Oh don't cupon and so tiny Oh your Let's oh be Obi Casse Oh Don Yan Cupona Sotani if you're not singing you are suspect obi oh big Oh don't cup on Sotanin for our big car, say, or don't yank upon a sotani, or your control. I say, or don't sotani, let us, go. One last time. If you're not clapping you a suspect the thing the thing is that you don't like it you don't like it you Don't like it, don't like it. Listen this thing must be a conviction. You may be laughed, but this is the truth. He says, but if a man say, I love God, that means there are many people who fake their love for God. He says, and hated his brother. He is what? You are a liar. I'll sing that song to you. Christopher Columbus. <laughs> we'll mention your name also there. Loved not his brother whom he has seen. Hey! How can he love God whom he has not seen? Hey, hey, that means the proof of loving God is loving the brethren. Is there anybody who has ever seen God here? You know, you've seen God literally. Have you seen God? Lift up your hands, let's see. If you have seen God, just lift up your hands. <laughs> Not prophetically, literally. You've seen God. I'm a highly lifted above his throne. <laughs> you've seen him. So, if you say you love God, tell me how you love him. Or show me how you love God. Do you see assistance now? If you say you love God, you don't mean it until you love another person. That's the only way. So now let me ask you something: If God offended you, how will you treat God? If God stepped upon your toe, how will you treat God? So you say, "He it's God, oh, this is God, this is God." Now, me dear, become be offended with God, because God is God. God is saying that if you truly love Him, you must love your brother. Is this thing working at all? There are three areas of love you must grow in. Let me do this thing in five minutes. The first area is to love is love for Christians. You must love Christians. Because Christians are God's family members. Listen, when we get to heaven, the people you are seeing here, they are the same people you go and see there. So if you are treating them in a certain way here and you want to treat them especially because you are in heaven, you are a hypocrite. When we meet like this, this is the heaven's experience, this is the heavenly experience. Number two is the love for non-Christians. How do you love a non-believer? By preaching the gospel to that believer, to that non So if you don't love so when you don't love God, Any unbeliever you pass by without sharing the gospel to him you hate that, belief, that unbeliever you hate the sin. any sinner you pass by you hate that sinner <laughs> number three love for family <sighs> this area is one area we all must pray that God help us you don't know what I'm talking about <laughs> you don't know what I'm talking about Let me read this and explain. Nowhere are we more aware of unloving words and ways than at home. Who we really are is what we are at home. Check it. You can be so nice to Christians when you get home, your own wife, your own husband, your own siblings. Sometimes the way you talk to them, you realize that "Ah, that's not how you talk to others. If there's a place we need love, is family I am telling you sometimes I, I can forget myself and just ignore my wife is away then I just come back I, I remind myself and I say hey Lord mercy, you mercy mercy sometimes you can be so nice to other people but your own family ah. if there's one area we need to grow in is in love and how do you know the bible tells us how we express love It says the husband should prove his love by loving his wife the wife should prove love by submitting to the to the husband the children must prove love by obeying their parents in the lord fathers must prove love by not provoking their children so we are all expressing love in so many areas and the bible is telling us that one area we must grow in love is family there are some of you don't respect your mother your father but you respect your pastor You talk to your siblings anyhow. Talk to your parents, anyhow. Talk to your family, anyhow. But when you come, your hands are too back. Past Praise the Lord. daddy, daddy. One day you won't rise up again. The way I cow It should worry you. I'm telling you, it should worry you. Tell somebody it, it should worry you. See, let's see, pray about it too, and grow in love towards your family eh, until they say, Ah, you of all people. Hey, what's happening? What's happening? Your roommates will be shocked. Hey, you you don't do that tell somebody to shock people shock your family members is it getting there now the last thing before we leave here <laughs> the surprising side of love you know i'm just teaching about love love is patient love is kind love does not keep record of wrongs love so somebody's going to ask, man of God, I, I get the point. I get the point. So man of God, love does not keep record of wrongs. Yes, love is kind, love is patient. Love, yes, man of God, we get it. But do you mean that that means we can, we can take anything because the Bible says we should forbear one another? We, doesn't it mean we should take anything people are doing to us? If I have a friend who is messing up my life, what do I do? There is a surprising side of love that many people don't know. And some of you, because of your personality you think when you do otherwise it means that uh, you are not loving listen there is a part of love that will shock you i'll tell you four. love number one rebukes revelation 319 you know there are people who think when they rebuke another person that means they're not loving the person listen if you truly love somebody the person is not right rebuking is part of love the bible says as many as I love I rebuke and what just in discipline be zealous and therefore repent that's the other side of love people don't know. Do. listen how you react after rebuke proves who you are I'm telling you there are people after rebuke they will never talk to you again you will never grow Rebuke must be the food for the believer If you want to grow, master rebuke Take it I'm a product of rebuke Up to now I still take rebuke I tell my fathers, if I go wrong I've given my spiritual father's numbers to my wife If I mess up, report them. Report me to them One time I left my wife after fasting many days And I went back again And my spiritual father called me I said, I said what are you? I said, I'm at waiting You are waiting, wait no more Take your bag and go home I've paid for the place. So I packed my things and went back home. <laughs> he rebuked me. I took it. Actually, if you have somebody who is always smiling with you, the person has seen that you are doing wrong, he's always smiling with you. How's everything? I'm, I'm, yeah. Be careful. That person will kill you before your time. Number two, love confronts. First Corinthians 5, there was someone who was sleeping with his own stepmother. And the issue was reported to Paul. This is the same Paul that said love is patient. Why wasn't Paul patient? Eh? And Paul had to confront. First Corinthians 15, if you read from 1-13. Love confronts. Listen, you must understand that you can confront and you can be confronted. It's an act of love somebody strangely who was greeting you now does not greet you you greet the person, the person doesn't respond once, twice, three times, four times, five, six eyes <laughs> and then you also said okay so now at one, two, three, I greet you don't mind me four, five, six, you don't mind me then that's what, take yourself from <laughs> confront the person oh sir five times now, you've not greeted me when I greet you, you don't respond laugh confronts, tell somebody laugh confronts confront. confront the person if somebody offends you, you are not the type that can easily let go, confront the person. Then keep it. Are you getting what I'm saying? So this is a surprising sign of love. Many Christians don't know. And many people are worn out because they don't get this thing. Love confronts. Next point. Love cuts off. First Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11. Go and check your Bible. Love can cut people off, lovingly. Look, he says, by now I've written to you not to keep company. What does it mean? What does he mean? Cut off. He says, if any man that is called a brother, so the person is born again. Be a fornicator or covetous or an idolater or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner with such a one, do not even eat in the same bowl. What does it mean to you? Why is Paul saying this? He said you can be influenced gradually by that thing you are you are still keeping company with. So yours is to rebuke. Yours is to confront. If there is no transformation, yours is to do what? Cut off. Cutting off. Sometimes you have to cut off people to love them. Oh, you don't know this thing. You don't know this thing. He says, hey, this church, these people people called them Christians. They were supposed to tolerate me. Then the apostle Paul was not a Christian. Look, look, come to the verse 1. Look at what Paul said. Look. He says, it is reported commonly that there is fornication among you, and such fornication is not as much named among the Gentiles, that one should have his own father's wife. Look at the next verse. He says that, and ye are puffed up, and have rather not mourned, and that he that has done this deed might be taken away from among you. Hey! Next verse. He says that, for verily, as absent in body, but present in spirit, I have judged already as though I were present concerning him that has done this deed. Next verse. He says, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, when ye have gathered together my spirit within the power of Jesus Christ. Next verse. He says, I deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved in the day of what? The Lord Jesus Christ. What does it mean to deliver someone's flesh to Satan? It doesn't mean that God will give it to Satan. Say, says, Satan, deal with him. No. That word actually means that cut the believer off. When a believer is cut off from, a certain, from, from other believers, that believer will go through grief. The grief the believer will go through, it is as though he has been handed over to Satan. Are you getting this thing at all? So love cuts off. Sometimes you have to cut off yourself from people just so that they know that it, it comes to their senses. It turns on them that tell it, I'm not on the right path. I must come back. Next point, love disciplines. Hebrews 12, the verse 5 to 11. Love disciplines. Unfortunately, we are in a generation where people don't want discipline. But the man that is not disciplined is a man that will remain small in his God content. The Bible says, Have you forgotten the ex- exhortation which speaketh unto you as children? My son, despite not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint went down at rebuke of him. Now, someone says something very powerful. He said, You do not love others unto you. He says, You do not love others if you let them ruin their lives their testimony, their reputation and bring shame upon the church and the name of Christ. You don't love that person. You are watching the person. You know what this person is doing is not right. You are afraid that when you confront the person, the person will not talk to you again. That is not love. You are not walking in love. That's what the Bible is teaching. The Bible is teaching that. Call that brother. Open the Bible. It seems you are not walking by the scriptures. Not that you are perfect. You do that in a very humble way. You don't say to me." <laughs> no, you do that because you also can fall. So you do that in a very loving way, in a restorative way. And you have to fast for that person. Pray for that person. Listen, if you find a believer messing up, eh, the first thing is not to judge the person. The first thing is to pray for the person. If you don't pray for the person, you don't have a right to judge the person number two, if you don't pray for the person you don't, right, you don't have right to confront the person number three, if you don't pray for the person you don't have the right to talk to the person you have to fast for the person when you finish, you call the person you know I love you but there's something going on that I feel that is not right I can see that you're heading towards destruction. this life is not the best in love, I just want you to know that God doesn't take this you are bringing shame to the name of Jesus. And I think it's not right. I need to let you know. Please. Let's help you. To stop this thing. Will the person get offended? Do your part and leave the person. Are you following? Am I teaching good at all? The way the whole place is silent. It seems as though. Um, okay. Let me close. that the other side of love that many don't know listen we are commanded to to love everybody we are not commanded to like everybody now this is a very important thing that you see many christians don't get this thing we are not commanded to like everybody in this church that we are in you will not like everybody but you have to love everybody. To love everybody means that what? You must be patient with them. You must be kind to them. Do you know you can be kind to someone you don't like? There are people for reasons personally best known to you. If it's not canal, you must distance yourself. Are you getting what I'm saying at all? I have seen people who have come to church Eh? and they came to meet a church member and at the end of the day they became smokers they became drunkards meanwhile they came to get that that anointing from church so we are not commanded to like everybody we are commanded to love everybody so you can cut someone off your life in a loving way which means you don't, say, you don't talk to the person again no no You still love the person. You are kind to the person. You are patient with the person. But when it comes to matters pertaining to your life, matters pertaining to your decisions, matters pertaining to your Christian journey, not everybody can be in it. Am I being... Those who are leading prayer can come and take over with leading prayer. Now just pray and ask God to help you to love people. Lift your voice and pray.